Welcome to the sermons and teachings from the Catalyst Fellowship with Ipai Michael. We hope the message you're about to listen to will edify you and cause you to experience exponential growth. And now, the message. Paul prays for the believers in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15. He says, Wherefore, I'm going to use page of it today, so <laughs> you revert with me. Amen. Alright. He says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints. So, he says, He has heard about what? Their faith. Or the second thing? Love. So, the expected outcome of faith in the Lord Jesus is that it is always accompanied with what? Saints. I can show you three, four episodes where he says, I'm praying for you because I've heard of your faith and love for the saints. So, first most important thing I want to emphasize this morning is that faith in Christ Jesus is always accompanied with love for the saints. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Now why is he praying for them? In verse 16 he says, He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So he was praying for them. And his prayer for them is that they would receive the spirit of what? Of wisdom and revelation. And I've taught you before that the believer has the Holy Ghost. So he cannot be receiving a new spirit. Because I get what I'm saying. Because the Bible says that, you know, the moment you believe the gospel, you are what? Sealed with the Holy Ghost of promise. So what was going on here? There's an old way that, you know, Bibles in old, like, in old English talk about things. So rather than saying someone's might, I've read that text that says the power of his might. What is the power of his might? You see, it's old English. So, there is a way that when something belongs to something, you know, they say the power of that thing, whereas they imply. So, for example, here, rather than saying wisdom and revelation by the Spirit, it says the Spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation. I get what I'm saying. So, old English sometimes confuses the, you know, the writing. But what he's trying to say here is spiritual insight. That's probably what NLT will tell you, or NIV, or any of the newer translations. It was a spiritual insight. So, the Apostle Paul's prayer for the church is that they would receive wisdom and revelation by the Spirit. What did I say? Wisdom and what? And revelation by the Spirit. The Bible already told all of you the Holy Ghost. But now that you have the Holy Ghost, you can receive wisdom. And that is his prayer for the church. Hallelujah. That they receive wisdom and revelation. This is the job of every pastor. Amen. That's why he's praying for them. If you join a local community and you're not growing in wisdom and revelation, we call it revelation knowledge here. I always say that the next most important thing for a believer after salvation is what? Revelation knowledge. The knowledge of everything Christ has done for you and who you are because of what Christ has done. This camp meeting is a summary of that. Now, you know, you didn't only learn about Jesus because I didn't really focus on the ministry of Jesus. I focus on the ministry of the Spirit, but it's made available by the death of Jesus. I get what I'm saying. So what you started to learn is the role of the Holy Ghost in your life. 
And that is us giving you wisdom and revelation. Because the same Apostle Paul, you know, was speaking, he said in, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, let's go there, let me show you very quickly. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, from verse 1. He says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, next verse, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, next verse, how that by revelation he has made known to me what? The mystery. So whatever mystery you want to learn, he knows it. He says, as I wrote in... Are we here? He says, what? Let's read together. I want to go. As I wrote afore in few words. So where is this mystery? In Ephesians 1 and 2. He knows the things, but he has communicated it in his writing. Next verse. He says, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in what? In the mystery of Christ. Do you see that? So how do you get revelation knowledge? By reading the writings of the apostles. By being taught by your pastor. Amen. That's how you receive wisdom and revelation. Amen. Amen. What is the role of the Holy Spirit there? He helps you understand and assimilate that. Please, is this clear? This is the job. If you're in a place three months and you're not, you're not receiving wisdom and revelation, you're not growing, there's a problem. Chances are that you're not in the right place. Well, the other end might be that you are not listening in church. Amen. Amen. This is praying for them that they will receive wisdom revelation. You must have a target for your spirituality. I must receive wisdom and revelation. Listen, you know, when it comes to the things of the spirit, knowledge is important. Amen? Amen. So, after three months, can I check and see a track record of growth? My devotion, I didn't know how to go about it before, but well now, I'm learning what to do. I'm learning how to go about it. Hallelujah. The second thing I want to emphasize to you this morning before I explain the rest of the teaching. As in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, the spiritual growth of every believer is at the hand of ministry. Did you hear that? The spiritual growth of every believer is what? At the hand of who? A ministry gift. Who are ministry gifts? Pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. And he himself gave to the church. Apostles, pastors, prophets, teachers. Hallelujah. Alright, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. Are you all there? Christ life. I said Christ life. Catholic church. Yes. Are you all there? Yes, alright, we're going to read together. One, two, go. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in next verse. It says, and the things that thou have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commits to whom faithful men who will be able to what? Teach others. The Apostle Paul here is communicating an idea that you must learn. And what he's communicating is something we call the preservation of doctrine. Are you listening to me? What did I call it? The preservation of doctrine. And how does that work? Well, there is a body of knowledge that we call sound doctrine. What Jesus taught. He taught that to the apostles. The apostles taught that to their disciples. Their disciples, and it continues on and on and on till it gets to you. If somebody breaks that chain, what you are receiving is not sound doctrine. Are you listening to me? We teach the things as we receive them. He says, the things you've heard of me among many witnesses. Do what? Commit to faith full men who will be able to what 
teach others also. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Are you all there? All right. Let's read together. One, two, go. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall what? Depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. In verse 2, in verse two it says what? Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meat, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Verse 4, for every creature of God is good, and nothing and nothing to be refused. It says, if it be received with what? Thanksgiving. Verse 5, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Verse 6, if you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you shall be a good what? Yes. Minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereas thou as what? Attain. What are you saying consistent? Preservation of doctrine. It says, in the last days, what will happen? Some will come and they will teach you things. And people will give heed to seducing spirits. And what? Doctrines of the devil. In another part, he said that people will soon have itching ears. Are you following me? Itching ears. In First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, he says, Take heed to yourself and to doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing that, you might save yourself and they that hear you. What are you learning? Timothy is being instructed by his spiritual father that the way he's going to do the right thing is by repetition of the things that he has received. Because repetition is what? The key to mastery. Are you listening to me? There is what you must learn part time and it must not be separate from the things that we received. Amen. Can I say something? Not all of us are saying the same thing. Do you know what I said? It might sound like the gospel, but not all of us are what? Saying the same thing. So my charge to you before I go into the rest of the teaching is to guard your heart. Are you listening to me? Is to what? To guard your heart. He says the things you receive passed down. So you yourself, you must be that faithful servant that can receive. Amen. So that you are able to teach others. But not just that. Remember the analogy I gave you about the university? You can't go to. <laughs> I remember that day. I said, I shouldn't see you. I think she didn't see you. I just said the fact. Well, you can't go to see you today and write your exam. Should I just say that? The collection for sorry. And then you go to Bangkok tomorrow. <laughs> and then you go to Affairdex tomorrow. And then you come back and you write the exam in Unilag. Would you pass? Why? Because there is a curriculum. Are you listening to me? There is what? A curriculum. So, he's saying, stick in one place and learn. And grow. Amen. Because yourself, you have to be, he says, if you do this, you will save yourself and those who hear you. He was telling Timothy. He says, take heed to doctrine. I want to charge you, take heed to doctrine. You know, one of the funniest things that I would usually see in Nigeria is those flyers you would see that would have like 17 ministers. 
and 17 of them are preaching different things. And someone else said, I was blessed. And they were contradicting themselves. And you cannot even say that they were contradicting themselves. Because I listen to me. So, what do you believe? Do you know what you believe? Can you communicate the things you believe? Because I listen to me. Do you know what is right from what is wrong? Or does everything go? Well, I want to charge you. I just want to tell you. You need to build that body of knowledge. You need to know what doctrine is, what we believe and what we teach. You need to master it. Amen. You need to what? Master it. There must be repetition. You need to listen to it over and over and over and over again. For example, all the things you learned this weekend, you can't just leave it. You don't master anything by listening to it once. Please, are you listening to me? Yes, sir. Let's, let's, let's take an example. Dick MC, can you recite the alphabet, A to Z? So fast. How about C to A? <laughs> Why? Because whatever you've not intentionally learned, you can master. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yes, sir. You have to intentionally learn it. The, way, the reason you know it is because repetition has helped you master it. I'm begging you. Do you want to grow? How many of you want to grow spiritually? Keep coming. Keep listening. Keep studying. You know, but uh, I listen to me. So just search the Catholic Fellowship there. All the sermons are there. I beg you. Keep listening. What did I say? Can you promise yourself I will keep listening? I'll keep listening. Some of you mercy because you're like, the angels are watching. <laughs> Say, I will keep listening. I will keep listening. Sorry, where are you me about? Say, I will keep listening. I will keep listening. <laughs> Amen. Because this is the way you're going to grow. You have to keep. If you mix it with many other things, you might get confused. Keep listening. Keep following. Keep repeating it. Doing the same. You Listen, sometimes, one sermon, you can listen to it up five times. Amen. Amen. This note, this teaching is already going to something else. I didn't plan it to be. Twenty twenty four. Get a notepad, new one, not short journal, not diary type of journal. Buy. Say this year, spiritual growth becomes. Are you with me? Every sermon you listen to, write it down. I showed Mister Daniel my stack of books from twenty fourteen. And I left some in Nigeria. Amen. So I have the sermons I listened to in 2014 written down. I listen to me. Every good teacher is a good student. I listen to what I'm saying. So you won't be able to say, oh God, use me. Become a good student. Learn. Follow the teaching. Follow the curriculum. I, I told you before. I said the curriculum we have for you next year is very rich. But you will not benefit from it if you come for part one, you not come for part two, come for three, you not come for four, you not come for the end. Amen. Amen. Okay, let me just talk about it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right. Open your Bibles with me, everybody. Um, we're going to quickly jump into the last part of what I wanted to teach you. Ephesians chapter one verse thirteen. I just wanted to decide to just start instructing, you know, but. They are based on instructing. Amen? Amen. Ephesians 1.30. Let's read together. I want to go. 
in whom you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after you believed, you were what? You were what? So something happened to you the moment you believed the gospel. First of all, what's the gospel? That Christ died. He was buried. That God has accepted his plan. As that God, the death of his son. Yes, so we are going to recite it. Do you even know it? What's the gospel? That God knows so ahead and correct. God has fulfilled his plan to accept the death of Jesus as propitiation for sin and has ever since bestowed eternal life upon all. Amen. You know why you don't know it? You're not going to understand it because of one. Understand it because of two. Understand it because of three. Understand it because of four. Good news one. Good news two. Good news three. Good news four. Three sixteen one. They are they are the same teaching in different years. You know what I'm saying? Three sixteen was the one I did latest in, in winter. So three sixteen one two three. So on the podcast, just listen to any of them. Amen. The gospel is this. God has accepted is that, you know, God has accepted his, he has fulfilled his plan to accept the death of his son as payment for sin and has bestowed eternal life on all who believe. Did you hear that? Did you get that? Yeah. Alright. So he says, after you hear the word of the gospel of your salvation, the moment that happened, he says, in whom, after you believe, you were what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit. Have you ever thought about it? What does it mean to be sealed with the Holy Ghost? Well, there are two things that a seal is used for. And there are two ways we can understand the word seal. Read verse 14. Number one is going to be explained from verse 14. Let's read together. I want to go. Which is the what? Earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession Unto what? The praise of his glory. People are very calm today. Yes, guys, really. <laughs> Amen. It says, which is the earnest of our inheritance. So he says, we were sealed with the Holy Ghost of promise, which is the earnest of your inheritance. The Greek word for earnest there is the word arabon. Say arabon. I'll spell it for you. A-R-R-H-A-B-O-N. What does arabon mean? Arabon means down payment or deposit. Amen. So read that again. Which is the arabon of your inheritance? So first of all, I want to emphasize to you, you have a rich inheritance. Yes. What did I say? You have a rich inheritance. You might not know about it, but the moment you got saved, there's, a, there's an inheritance for you. But have you received it yet? Well, maybe not. But he says the Holy Ghost is the arabon of your inheritance. Let me give you an analogy of arabon. Imagine I want to give you fifty million dollars. Adiyan dollar, sorry, Adiyan dollar. Amen. Amen. Fifty million. I need to give it to you, but you know what? I deposit the whole money in my account, and I give you the card to the account. Do you really have that money, or do you have the money? Yes. You get the point. What I gave you is as though I was giving you the real thing. Even though you don't have the real thing yet. Do you hear what I'm saying? That analogy might not even suffice enough. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Is that you want to receive something real and God gave you something that is the down payment of that thing that ensures that you will never miss that thing. Because are you getting this? It's like saying, I want to give you a house. Then I give you all the papers of the house. 
When anybody that is still living there is just living there because whenever I go there and I show the people up there, they leave the house. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Because I already own the house. Am I not already? I found the house. And, you know, I'm not yet already inside the house. In quotes, it doesn't look like I own the house. But Arabon means that you've received a down payment. It's like I want to give you a car. Or it's like you, I want to give you some money, but I give you something that is the direct equivalent of that money and say, hold. Are you getting this? To ensure and assure you also that truly you're going to get this thing. So when the Bible says the Holy Ghost is the earnest, it means I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost as a guarantee. Are you listening to me? As a what? A guarantee. There's no way I'm not going to keep my end of the bargain because, well, you've got the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me? And what is that inheritance? That inheritance of power, of authority, and finally, of eternal life. So think about this. If you ever knew that you were going to have eternal life, but you were never sure, then God says, this is the same spirit that raised us from the dead. I'm going to give you that spirit. Would you be scared of going to hell? Or would you be scared of having me miss heaven? Please, are you listening to what I'm teaching you? Let me give you an example. Genesis chapter 38 and verse 15. I'm just going to teach very quickly and we round up. You guys need to sleep. <laughs> Genesis 38, 15. Let's read together. We're going to read 15 to 18. Want to go? When Judah saw her, he thought her to be a harlot because she had covered her face. Next verse. And he turned unto her, by the way, and said, Go to, I pray thee, let me come unto thee, KJV, well done. For he knew not that she was what? His daughter-in-law. And she said, what will you give me that thou mayest come unto me? Next verse. And he said, I was, are you ready with me? I don't even want to go. And he said, I will send thee a kid, is not child, is goat. Amen. All right, let's read together, I want to go. And he said, I will send thee a kid from the floor. And she said, Will that give me a pledge till you send it? Now she wanted to send her a goat. How are you going to keep your head on the bargain? What did he say? And he said, What pledge shall I give thee? And she said, Thy signet. And what? Thy bracelet. And what? That is in your hand. And he gave it to her and came in unto her and she was conceived by him. First of all, the act that is going on here is not Amen. But now he wants to pay her. And the payment was goats. But he did not have the goats. So he said, how am I going to know now that you will give me this goat? He said, I will take your signet. This is the guarantee, Arabon. A man's signet is a stamp of his authority. You can take it to the bank and collect everything. Are you seeing what I'm saying? This is Arabon. This is why the, the, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost is what? The seal. He gave you the Holy Ghost. He sealed you with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is your arabon. Is your guarantee. Are you listening to me? Is what? Your guarantee. Your guarantee. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse five. The Bible mentions the same thing again. You know, when I go to, I, I remember in the early years, I loved when they invited me to preach the gospel. Like when they write itself, usually I'll just preach. My go-to sermon was understanding the And I'll reach here. My first question would be, how many of you are going to heaven? 
and you see mixed. And part of those people now that are not sure are speaking in tongues. This is the problem. <laughs> how are you speaking in tongues if you are not saved? And how are you saved when you are not sure you are going to heaven? Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, this changes that picture totally. Can we read together, everybody? Read with me like a mass choir. One, two, go. Now he that brought us for the self same thing is God, who had also given unto us what? The Arabon of the Spirit. The what? Arabon. Say the Arabon. The guarantee of what? Of the Spirit. So listen, what is going on here? I will never get to doubt my eternal destination. Why? All my inheritance has been given to me by the Spirit. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. It has been what? Given to me by the Spirit. Spirit. You can doubt everything. Doubt that somebody is speaking the correct tongue. Doubt that his hair is called. Doubt everything. But the one thing you cannot doubt is eternal destination. Because God has assured you that this person is going to heaven. Why? He has the Holy Ghost. Because are you following me? Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. Are you opening your Bibles? Second Corinthians 1, 21. Are you ready? Let's read together. One to go. Now he which established us with you in Christ and has anointed us is who? Next verse. Who has also what? Sealed us. And giving what? The guarantee of the Spirit in your heart. So the evidence that you make heaven is already living inside of you. Ah! Did you hear that? Yes, sir. The evidence that, think of it like this. You will never be scared. Well, now that I think of Nigeria, the analogy might not work well. But I was about to say, you will never be scared of drowning if you have a life jacket in the boat. <laughs> but then I remember the ferry I used to attend. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, let, don't stop my analogy. Don't stop my analogy. Let's, let's use it like every, all things being equal. Amen. The life jacket is your guarantee that you float in water. If you're in a plane, it would be a parachute, but let me do you better. A parachute doesn't cut it. Arabon is like a jetpack. Are you listening to me? Arabon is like having a jetpack in a plane. So even if they say, maybe, maybe, the plane is coming down, all you need to do then, I'll be alright. Because the agent that would carry me where I need to go is already with me. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So when you are thinking about heaven, the agent that is taking you there is already in you. It's like God said, ah, I'm taking you to heaven, but I said, you know what? When it's time, everything will work normally. You will not need me. I'm giving you the Holy Ghost. He's the one that will give you the new body. Are you learning this? Romans chapter 8 verse 11, you know the text. It says, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that same spirit will what? So think of it like this. The only man that has ever died and come back to life and ascended to heaven, the Bible tells you he did it by the Spirit. 
and then you have the same spirit. Glory. I, I don't think you believe you have the same spirit. You have the same spirit! You have that same spirit. So for the believer, I said it in passing the other day. I said it's not heaven at last. It's actually heaven at first. Because the moment you got saved, you received the spirit. Think of it this way. What characterizes heaven? Where God is. And if God dwells in you by his spirit, well, you just already have a taste of what heaven is going to be like. Every time you worship and you experience that manifest presence, you already have a taste of what heaven, that bliss of what, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Where nothing around you matters, you are just there with God. But you are not yet in the real lo physical location now, heaven. So the Holy Ghost is that guarantee. We are not waiting. Ah, oh, heaven soon. We know we are assured. Are you listening to me? We are what assured. So the Holy Ghost is your assurance. Say it's my assurance. It's my assurance. Say it's my earnest. It's my earnest. Say it's my guarantee. It's my guarantee. Say it's my insurance. It's my insurance. Because it's really your insurance. It's not like you speak insurance that they used to want to do. So he has insured you properly. I get what I'm saying. He has ensured you that no matter what, heaven. Are you getting it? Heaven. The second meaning of the word seal is that a seal is a mark of authenticity. What did I say? A mark of authenticity. If you buy food, sealed food, and the seal was broken, would you eat it? <laughs> you eat it. Why? Well, what that means when the seal is broken is that what? It's not fresh. Something that is being tampered with. Something I can't trust. The authenticity of this, I can't trust. And it is directly from the manufacturer. I get what I'm saying. The believer is branded as belonging to God by the Spirit. The mark that you are a child of God is the Holy Ghost. If anybody is doubting if you are a child of God, the only assurance, you know, I thought to you, I said the certificate of your adoption is the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to this? That's why David could walk up to Goliath. Goliath was going to fight him. And they said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Almost like circumcision was a badge of honor. Do you know what it means? The only people who were circumcised were the people who were God's people. God made a covenant with Abraham. He says the way that this covenant will be established is that the men of your family will cut their foreskin. Well, why was it only the men? Because the men were the one who provided the seed. I get what I'm saying. So if you have every man circumcised, I see what I'm saying. Every family of the, of the person who is circumcised is a part of God's family. So I get what I'm saying. And that was the assurance God made with him. And it was so binding that David could be angry. He said, who is this? It means that the circumcised are the people of God. He was so sure of that mark. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And he went to fight him. Please, are you listening to what I'm saying? He went to fight him. It was clear that that mark to them showed that they belonged to the Lord. But that mark was only a shadow. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says, and you are completing him. Who is the head of all principality and power? In verse 11, it says, in whom you are also circumcised by the 
without hands, in putting up the body of sin and the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So it means there's a different circumcision that is the real circumcision. That circumcision was the circumcision of the flesh. There's a different circumcision. That circumcision was a shadow. When they cut off their foreskin, when they cut off their foreskin, there was something else that was going there, going on there. God was teaching them that I'm going to make a mark in you. It's not going to be in your flesh this time. It's going to be in your spirit. That mark of the flesh was storytelling of what I'm going to do. Colossians is explaining to you now that there is a circumcision that is not made with hands. That circumcision, you did it by yourself. There's a circumcision God is going to do by himself in your heart. If circumcision in those days marked that they belong to God, circumcision in this day as well is going to mark that you belong to God. But it's not going to be the circumcision of the flesh. It's going to be the circumcision of the heart. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. In Romans chapter 2, verse 28, the Bible says, For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. He says, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And what? Circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit. Ah! So, there is something that the spirit does, and it's the circumcision of the heart. Are you listening to me? It is what? Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. The Bible says, can we read together? One to go? For we are the circumcision. He was not talking about circumcision of the flesh. He was calling some part. Are you following me, everyone? He says, we are what? The circumcision. Which worship God in what? In spirit and rejoice. And have no confidence in the flesh. Are you saying this? We're going to read. Next verse. Read everybody wants to go. Though I also have confidence in the flesh, if any other thinketh that he hath whereof, if I trust in the flesh, I boast. So Paul was saying, if you think I'm boasting in the flesh, I can boast in the flesh more than you. Next verse. Let's read together. I want to go circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching to the law, a Pharisee. Next verse. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. That is, it was blameless to the law. Next verse. But what things were gained, those I counted what? Lost for Christ. Next verse. Yet, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom what? I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dumb that I may what? Winning. So he says everything he has done in the law calls it dumb. Amen. Next verse. He says, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is what? Through the faith of Jesus, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Last verse. He says, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made what? Conformable unto his death. So he says, There is a circumcision that worships God in what? In spirit. So the actual circumcision is what? The circumcision of the heart. Is are you learning something? It is what? The circumcision of the heart. The circumcision of the flesh only shadows the circumcision of the heart. I've taught you about shadows a bit at least. What is a shadow? A shadow is something that casts the image of a real thing without being that thing. 
in the Old Testament, we saw things that were shadows, where God was using that to tell you a story of the real thing which is going to do. Amen. So that circumcision of the flesh was storytelling of a time that the Holy Ghost is going to come. Why was the flesh cut away? Because your own flesh also will be cut away when the Spirit comes inside. Ah, are you getting this? Are you getting this? So, there's a circumcision of the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. We read this together. This is the last, thing, last text we are going to read. How do you know that you are a child of God? Well, if the circumcision of the flesh was to show the people who belong to God, the circumcision of the Spirit is also to show that you belong to God. Nobody would ever doubt that you are a child of God. Why? The Holy Ghost. I don't think you get what I said. So because I have the Holy Ghost, I'm a son of God. Because I have the Holy Ghost, I'm a son of God. I brought it to I want to read 15 to 17. Are you ready? Where to go? For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received what? It's the spirit of circumcision in your heart. Spirit of adoption. So the way that he's adopting you is that he marks you. I told you there are two meanings of seal. The first of seal means what? Guarantee. The second of seal means what? A brand of authenticity. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. It's saying that this one now is for the Lord. Have I taught you before that the mark of a beast itself is a copycat to the mark of God? The Lord marks you as his child by his spirit. He says you receive the spirit of adoption. Whereby you cry what? Abba. The only reason why you use father here is because you became a son by the spirit. So by the Holy Ghost in you, you can be identified as who? As a child of God. Verse 16, what does it say? It says the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? Are you saying this? Assurance in your heart. Conviction in your heart. That you are a child of God. I'm a child of God. Not because I just am a child of God. I'm a child of God because God's spirit dwells in me. That's how you know song. Amen. Because his spirit does what? Dwells in me. Verse 18 or 17. It says, and if children, then heirs. Why did he say as well? Christ is the head. And now we've entered his family. Jesus said he can call us brethren. Amen. Heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be what? Glorified together. Is this your life? Yes. This is your life. Rise upon your feet. And just say thank you for the Holy Ghost.